Welcome to another episode of Check the Tape. I am Aria Atari, and I have a very sore throat, so <laughs> I am really struggling for this podcast. But it's that time of the year, anyway, so It's that time God. of the year. Had to happen right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, I've been sick three times this year, and like all of them were before a big event. Like one was before a wedding, uh, one before Thanksgiving. I, I think the universe hates me. This one after Chiefs Rams, though. Yeah, so we yeah, got... we talked about that last week. How we were gonna. Oh, Brian's here with me this week, and we were gonna do this Chief, Chiefs Rams game. We were gonna wait for that before we did the podcast. Um, so yeah, let's get right into it, right? So yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, without question, the best game of the year. Uh, a lot of people are considering it to be the best regular season game ever. Uh, not the purists. Not, not the purists. Yeah. The pure. The purists, which we can talk about. You know, they're all they're all about the the defense, the you know, the old school football of 13 to nine and, you know, not all this garbage of touchdown, touchdown uh, and just going back and forth, trading blows like Mahomes and Goff. But this but game, what they was... don't realize was it wasn't just trading blows. There was actual defense being played. Three defensive scores. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that sounds hard to believe when both score, both teams score over 50 points, but, like, Donald had a huge impact. That one guy who nobody knows his name and nobody remembers it, um, he had the pick six. Ecucom, Ecucom, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Number 50. Sure. <laughs> but, um, you, you don't think he's going to have an impact the rest of the year? You don't think they found something in this guy, this random guy? Maybe. I don't, want, I don't know. Who knows? But um, definitely no one was talking about him heading into this one. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, so it was fun. It was a lot of fun watching that. So you've changed because you and I talked right after the game, and you were kind of, you kind of like were a little bit. I think you were stunned because you couldn't really remember what happened in the game, right? We were yeah, talking. so I had to like go back and like look at every single scoring play, right? Yeah. And do you know who got the first touchdown in that game? It was uh, it was Robert Woods. Oh, okay. So you know, so. Cooks didn't have a touchdown, and Gurley no. didn't have one either. No. It's hard to, like, with this game, kind of say definitively, oh, well, the Rams are better than the Chiefs, because I don't think that's true, you know? I don't think, I think, I think they're very similar. I think they're very comparable teams. Right, I but I don't think you could say one is definitively better no, than the other. I, I, well, eh, I don't think the Rams are better than the Chiefs. I just think that the that Jared Goff, equal. I think they're, they're very equal, but I, I would take... If I had a pick between the two teams, I would take the I would take the Chiefs offense. See, um, so you said this last week and we got into it about I said the Rams would win. And I just I don't know, I just like the Rams because I thought they were on a little bit of a slide and I thought they were kind of, you know, right the ship this week. But for the playoffs, I'm going to take the Rams over the Chiefs to make it further every time because one side has Andy Reid. However, <laughs> Andy had all three of his timeouts left that looked like the last two minutes when McVay had zero. Yeah. So that was funny. Well, and and, Mc, and and the Rams watching that game and watching the Rams use their timeouts very early I know, in the, in the second half, I kept thinking that there's no way the Rams are going to win this game. It's going to come down to they need to drive at the end. The Chiefs, especially with the Chiefs, the way they were driving down the field right before the, the last Connolly touchdown – Mm-hmm. It just it had the makings of the Chiefs are going to bleed the clock out and then they'll score with a minute left and then Jared Goff's going to have to do something incredible, which he did. I mean, the 40-yard touchdown was incredible, but at the same time, Kansas City needs to tighten up the defense. 
this is a clear issue uh, between defensive uh, miscues and 11 penalties. I think they had um, for most of this game. So what, what part of the defense specifically? The secondary? I think I think it's a full effort. I mean, a lot of the game, you saw spurts of, of the pass rush come in and, and that affected Goff on on the on the fumble and um, and the scoop and score uh, late in the game. But the problem here is that the Chiefs are a team that has been built on their secondary uh, for years. And it's not – they don't have it anymore. There's no, there's no one back there that, that scares you. you you're going to throw to any of these guys. Um, the Rams and the Chiefs, the big difference between them are the playmakers, I think, on offense. The Rams, mm-hmm. the Rams playmakers, if you even want to call them that, were having a field day with this Chiefs secondary. And I think that is the most concerning part about this Chiefs team is that, you know, if they're even able to make it, if they're able to make it to the to the Super Bowl, they have to go against potentially these either the Rams or the Saints, most likely in a Super right. Bowl, right? And yeah. arguably, and I would think definitely the case, the Saints have a have a better kind of collection of playmakers. Um, on defense, on on offense, on offense and that. defense and defense, I would say too. But I don't know about offense. Michael Thomas, is, Michael Thomas is a better receiver than anybody on on the Rams. Um, yeah, their receivers, their receivers all kind of suck. I mean, that not suck, but like you know what I mean. Traquan Smith had, had eleven catches this past yeah, week. Okay, when you're signing Des Bryant to bolster your receiving core, and you then Brandon Marshall, you don't that, think Brandon Marshall is going to have a big impact? How old is he? Like forty. <laughs> What I'm trying to say is, this who on the Rams legitimately scares you other than Todd Gurley? Like I, uh, Cooks is Cooks. Cooks Cooks is a is a fine receiver, but he he's not Woods a is, he, he's Woods not a Tyreek Hill. He's not a Tyreek Hill. He's not a he's not a Kelsey. There, there's who there, they have no tight end. Tyler yeah. Higby is not scaring me a tight end. Oh, you set uh, me up perfectly, by the way. Um, did I? For me to say Malcolm Brown when you said who on the Rams scares you have besides Todd Gurley. <laughs> Seriously. Even and, and this is this is a game the Rams won and scored fifty four points and Todd Gurley had I think fifty fifty yards rushing. But I, I mean that's that, a good amount of receiving yards. That's scary to me. <laughs> I mean, that is what scares me, is that they're able touchdown. to they're able to score these points and, and play this way, you know, against a bad defense, obviously, but they're able to play this way and and have Jared Goff sling the ball around for forty yeah. something times and put up forty and put up fifty points without basically their best player having much of an impact in the game. I mean, those two teams and New Orleans. I mean, I'm not you know breaking any news by saying this, but they're just like at a whole nother level with how fast they play. You know, these rule changes have really gone to their benefit. Like, it's so hard to play defensive back in the NFL now. Yeah, because you're not really starting on equal footing with the receiver anymore. No, so unless you're going to hold them, and then it's a five yard penalty. Um, so it's really hard for these defensive backs to play with these receivers, and that's really led to this offensive explosion for these teams like the Saints, Chiefs, um, the Rams. So, like, I think you have to have one of these top offenses to win now, and I like what what's What's like a good hold for a defense for holding a team to like twenty four points? Point, I, yeah. I think I think like twenty three touchdowns. If you can hold them within three touchdowns, that's mm-hmm. a great game defensively <laughs> at this point. 
And we don't really feel like any team has like a super strong defense. Like in the past when the Ravens had a really tough defense or Seattle had a really tough defense or Denver. You know what I mean? Steelers. Yeah. I think think the team I just mentioned, the Steelers, their defense is starting to, to come around. Um, they struggled real bad in the beginning of the season. Really, really, they were really poor. I think they're starting to come around. I think the Saints defense is a lot better than people want to admit. The Saints are clearly the most complete team out of these three teams. Um, uh, you know, they have the quarterback that is, you know, right up there with Mahomes in a potential MVP race. I'd say he's the front runner now. And I think that. And I think that a lot of people are quick to say Mahomes because of his numbers and the flashiness. But Drew Brees has been incredible this season. Um, Not only is he putting up, you know, monstrous numbers, but he's also taking care of the ball. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is how many how many how many interceptions does he have on the year? Oh, it's it's not a lot. (laughs) His his numbers are great. He's having career year numbers at at uh, at his age. So, I mean, that that within itself is extremely impressive. But like you just mentioned earlier is that... Okay, I have this number for interceptions. Are you ready? I'm ready. One. Yeah. <laughs> That's and what I, I thought. And I'm I guessing it's it week wrong. one. I don't remember any of these... It was against Minnesota. It, it was against Minnesota. And that was that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But, but regardless, you mentioned it. You said that the only receiver that really scares you on them is Michael Thomas. He's doing yep. this with, with one... If you want to call Michael Thomas an elite receiver, which I would, he's doing yeah, it with one elite fair. receiver um, and one elite running back, really. Yep. yep. I mean, and in- Ingram's good, but yeah. Ingram's good, mean. but he's not going to catch the ball at right. nearly as much like as Kamara does. Yeah, nearly as much as Kamara. Kamara is, is, is a running back that complements the passing game. Um, and then Ingram complements Kamara's game. So that's, so that's where they're so good. If we circle back to the um, Chiefs-Rams game, it was just an offensive explosion. Both teams just felt like they could score at any time. It felt like where you were on the field literally didn't mean anything. No. How many times did these teams start like inside the 10 on penalties or you know, Tyreek Hill deciding to you know, try to make goes, something out of nothing? And this goes back to something that kind of I felt like happened with the Doug Peterson going for fourth down all the time. Now it's like teams like this – you can't stop them if they have four downs, you know? Yeah. There's On only one. They went for fourth down. I think both teams only went for fourth down once. And that was the Rams on that drive. That that drive, it was like fourth and two inside. They were, weren't they the on their own 40? They were on the Chiefs 40 at that point. No, I think they were on their own. And then. No, because that was after the. That was after the fumble, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they yeah. started. They started like at the at the Chiefs forty-five. So, is there any like the thing is usually when there's these big games, there's always like that one defining play that you can think of. And in this game, there was like I don't know six of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the chief if the Chiefs win the game, clearly whatever the the last touchdown would have been was was the defining play. You know, you also you have the seventy-five yard touchdown to Hill, you, where Sam Shields was you know crawling right. off the turf. You have the forty-yard touchdown uh, late in the game for the for the Rams. Mm-hmm. You have um, the defensive plays, the scoop and scores. The, I mean, the pick six for the Rams. 
Mm-hmm. There were there were plays left and right in this game. And you you look if you looked if you looked down for about ten minutes, you probably would have missed twenty one points. Yeah. <laughs> it's just insane. They were trading. It was shot after shot after shot, and and all this and and the talk of remember when when it was it was Goff's first year, right? And I know a lot of this is the this is the big conversation now is that you know Jared Goff his career. I mean, if you want to call it a revitalization after Jeff Fisher, but this was a this was a guy that people were comparing to Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, through his first year. Yeah, had worse numbers than Jamarcus Russell. Through his first, through I think his first eight games of his first year, and now he's legitimately I think number three in the in the MVP race. Uh, I'd probably put Gurley ahead, but of him that was in, that that he has been impressive all year. So, but with <laughs> him, like he at least like his year one to two rise makes me believe like as bad as like some of these rookie quarterbacks have been. Let's not give up on them, right? No, I mean, but, but then the, again, the, the difference the flip side is, is, is that, yeah, you're about to make the point, right? Yeah, I mean, the I, maybe it's not the point that you're thinking of, but oh, okay. Jared Goff in college was was far more elite than I would have oh, put okay. Josh Rosen or a or a you know Josh Allen. You know, well, I was going to say, I was going to say, how many of these guys are going to have a McVay? You know what I mean? That too. I mean that too. And clearly the Rams offense is much better than the Cardinals and, and the Bills um, and the Browns for that matter. I do think that that Baker Mayfield has a chance to be an elite quarterback um, in the league. I think he, I think he's very good. I think he's still very raw. But Jared Goff was much different coming out of college than than most of these quarterbacks. Maybe Darnold it was, was a little bit better than Goff coming out. But Darnold was much younger. He had far more interceptions in college. Goff was a stud. <laughs> he was yeah. a stud in college. And there's a reason why he was a top draft pick. Because he was very good. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm a little bit surprised at how good he's been. You know, these, these some of these passes have been pinpoint. I really think that unbelievably, Monday was was one of his was one of his worst accuracy passing days. He missed a couple of big passes and, and underthrew a Woods a couple of times and 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 Cooks was missed on a few passes. But that is incredible because he, he was still hitting some pinpoint accuracy passes, mm-hmm. and any any worry about Mahomes and his no, but <laughs> six turnovers absolutely not five or six absolutely not. This whole idea that people shouldn't be as impressed with Mahomes' performance Monday night because he had the turnovers is utter lunacy. I mean, the 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 two interceptions at the end. The last one was just a desperation kind of no timeouts a minute or mm-hmm. a, no time left trying to make something out of nothing pass. Um, and that's going to happen. He was trying to make something happen. So I don't that is. Yes, it's a turnover. But to me, it's not a legitimate turnover. Yes, the other turnovers are legitimate turnovers, quote unquote. But come on. But it's Aaron. It's I, I look at that more come of Aaron on. Donald making a big play than. The guy had 478 yards passing, six yeah. touchdowns, was going back and forth with one of the best offenses in the league on the road with his defense constantly giving up points, p- penalties left and right. This guy, oh my God, I can't say and enough you said, about Holmes. You said on the road, and I kind of felt like that was the first game where the Rams actually had a home crowd. It was weird. It was, it was really it was weird. weird. There were a um, lot of Chief fans there. There's no doubt. But yeah. 
but you're right that there was some sort of legitimate home advantage. Um, I don't know if it was because of, you know, everything that's going on over there, the kind of galvanizing moment that everyone likes to talk about, you know, was the football game to bring everyone together. But this team is legit. They, they should have, they should be selling out this place. There should be blue and gold in the stands, no red. Um, but that was an, as impressive as a performance quarterback performance in the regular season that I've ever seen. Yeah. This guy is, is insane. He's, he is an absolute star. <laughs> so doing it his age, doing it at, with what, how this is, he's, he's only played 12 games, 12 games. He's played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's just regular season games. That's just unbelievable. And I think that that also speaks to the genius of Andy Reed. You know, you say what you want about him in the playoffs. And, you know, sometimes his, his game management isn't, you know, obviously the best, but, this is clearly a this was clearly a well thought out and long term plan that has come to fruition very early. And yeah. this he is still young. I mean, it's scary what could potentially come next year and in year three and 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 so on and so forth. But no, if you if you're if you're seriously concerned and if you're seriously you know worried about the turnovers. On Monday night, you are absolutely out of your mind. I mean, what more does this guy need to do? So um, let's move on to these Thursday night games. Um, well, real, real quick, before we get into the Thursday night games, and you mentioned it um, you mentioned it a couple minutes ago, but Aaron Donald is, is clearly probably the best defensive player we have seen in our generation. Um, mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's, it's even more impressive that he's doing it at the defensive tackle position. And I yeah. think that is a very... This is kind of a revolution of defense in the NFL. Yes, there's been a lot of regression of defense because of the rules and because of the high-powered offense. But interior linemen, you're going to start seeing a big change in this because of what he has been able to do. And he leads the league in sacks as a defensive, mm-hmm. as a defensive tackle. And he is he is wrecking games on the level of, of Khalil Mack from, from the defensive tackle position. That is just... As impressive as it gets, I mean, yeah, that, that, that you can't under underline how difficult that is. It's one of the most difficult positions to play and and have that kind of impact in a game. And I mean, unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. It didn't miss a beat from the holdout. Was ready to go from week one. Fourteen and a half sacks now on the season. I mean, this guy is maybe 20 years ago if he, if he's playing like this he would be in the in the talks of mvp yeah he that's really how good, yeah that's how it's good he's been the uh, the quarterbacks like Mahomes and Breeze they've been too good for him to kind of be in the mvp conversation but and he's, the, he's been the game has shifted to offense like we've been talking about I yeah. mean, i i would like to think that he should be considered for the for 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 an MVP vote because of the way he's played. And you could say the same thing about Khalil Mack, but the difference is, is that Aaron Donald's playing defensive tackle and he's played every game. Well, Mack's been hurt too. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just said that Donald's played every game um, yeah. and he has 14 and a half sacks yeah. from a very difficult position to, to get double digit sacks. And we're, you know, only through what 11 weeks of the season. So crazy, crazy stuff from, from Aaron Donald. And he kind of gets, unbelievably lost in the shuffle a little bit because of how good the offense is and Gurley and Goff and the nature of the NFL uh, in 2018, but incredible performance. And he is just unstoppable. It's clear. It's clear that he is a clear problem for any team that he lines up against. 
Well, these Thursday games, speaking about the Khalil Mack, his team, the Chicago Bears, they're traveling to Detroit to face off the Lions. It's a minus three spread for the Bears. So what we're about to do is we're about to just pick these games with the spread a little different than what we've been doing, which is recaps, um, because it's a little later in the week. So I think it's better with these Thanksgiving games to just talk about that Rams-Chiefs game we had and then sort of preview these games. Um, So just going to make picks and kind of explain our rationale. And maybe we'll have the same pick. I have no idea what you're going to pick. So Bears at Lions minus three Chicago. What are you going to go with? So I'm going to go with the Lions. Uh, The Lions, the Lions, for whatever reason, you know, of course, they play on Thanksgiving every every year, but they're they're good on Thanksgiving. They, they, they rally around playing on Thanksgiving. The fans are there. I know you and I probably will agree on this, too. I hate the Bears offense. I hate yeah. it. I, yeah. I absolutely hate the Bears offense. It is we not talked sustainable. About this before. Trubisky looks for his first read, and if it's not there, he just runs. No, and it's not, it's, it's, it's not sustainable to success in, in today's NFL. I mean, we, we just got through, what, 20 minutes talking about how great the Rams and the Chiefs are and how explosive their offenses are. What mm-hmm. about what about the Bears offense is explosive? Maybe Tariq Cohen. That's it. Or Taylor I, Gabriel on those jet sweeps. Oh my God. And like like you just mentioned too, Trubisky is such a one read quarterback right now. And he just runs. I mean, at what point are these teams going to just treat him like a Russell Wilson and just put a spy on him Throughout the entire game, as soon as that happens, he's done. He's toast. Mm-hmm. He's toast. You put you put a, you put your fastest linebacker in a spy all game, and you just say, "All right, throw the ball, or you're gonna get you're gonna get a three yard gain every play." So I mean, I'm actually gonna pick the Bears because I think the Lions are trash. I don't think Matthew Stafford is good. I don't think Matt Patricia is a good coach. I think this Bears team is actually like a little underrated because their only losses are that weird Miami game. That Green Bay game, week one, which, uh, I don't know, should they have lost that New England game where they um, could have tied it with the Hail Mary? I think they're actually a really underrated team. I think the spread's low. I think the Lions suck. I think Mack can just overpower Stafford. I don't like their offense. I don't like Trubisky, but I think Nagy, he's actually not a bad coach. I think he's really put him, he's he's using Trubisky like to the best of his ability, which isn't much, but he's... You know, he's been able to get wins out of him and putting him drawing up these plays that Trubisky can make. You know, if you come to your if it comes to his first throw, he's good, right? Yeah. So I don't know, I like the Bears. So okay. So going back to that real quick, so from two thousand and four through two two thousand and twelve, the Lions hadn't won a Thanksgiving game. So what yeah. that's that's eight years. From twenty thirteen through last season, they've won four out of five. They just for this team, this Lions team with Matt Stafford has just been has just been better on Thanksgiving. That's that's the that's and I don't like the Bears, so I think that's that's where I go with the Lions. All right. Well, we'll see. The Bears also played eight thirty Sunday night, and they're playing like twelve o'clock on a Thursday, yeah. so that might be bad. Um, all right. So the next one, Cowboys or the Redskins at Cowboys seven and a half. Dallas is the line. No Alex Smith. Colt McCoy is going to start. They brought in Sanchez to be the backup, Mark Sanchez. Um, I'm going to go with Washington plus seven and a half. And I, I'm going to be all over the the Cowboys on this one. I think I think the Cowboys. This is this is the Cowboys are clearly. If you're buying stock in any team in the NFC East, 
you're buying stock in the Cowboys at this point. They, their injuries are on the defensive side of the ball, uh, which are not great. I mean, Sean Lee is clearly the heart and soul, but Clinton Vanderesh has been awesome on defense for them. Yeah, he's been really good. And while the offense still hasn't found its stride, I mean, struggled on the road at, at in Atlanta um, in the Dome in Atlanta this past week. But give the ball to Zeke. I mean, seriously, Scott Linehan has to has to. <laughs> Figure that out. Just give the ball to Zeke, and I think he gets the ball a lot in this game. They and almost they almost blew that Falcons game. Yeah, they they should have blown the Falcons game. The Falcons played like crap too. <laughs> I mean, at home. But this is again, if 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 Smith is healthy, if the offensive line is there, if there's no injuries on defense, the Redskins have been decimated by injuries, and now they've lost their biggest piece in Smith to that horrific injury. Um, this it's going to be difficult, I think, for for the for the for the Redskins to score. I think that, like I said, I would I would like to think that Zeke gets the ball a lot in this game, and I think the Cowboys win this by by two touchdowns. So yeah, I I like the points because I don't think the Cowboys have a good track record of keeping these games or like winning winning games by a large margin. I know it's Colt McCoy, but you know he's beat the Cowboys before, even though that was four years ago, and that was, so it's probably irrelevant, but. I don't, know, I don't think he's like bad. Like, I think you could get like a week out of him. My problem is it's the backup quarterback on the short week. Um, so I don't know. I just like the points. I think the Cowboys kind of blow a lot of these Thanksgiving games, and I just feel safer grabbing the points. That's really it. It's fair. Um, and then the last one, Atlanta at New Orleans. New Orleans minus thirteen favorites. You know, it's a really big spread, but. We talked about how dominant the Saints are offensively, and as dominant as they are, they're even better at home. Yeah. Um, I can't not take the Saints. I don't care what the spread is. It's not even two full touchdowns. I, I got to go with New Orleans. Yeah, and and we've we've talked about this off the podcast. I mean, you just got to go. You got to ride with the teams that are winning, and yep. and this is a team that you ride with. Over the last three games, what they've scored. I think over 45 points in all of those games and all of them except for the one on the road against the Bengals was at home. <laughs> yeah. So 45 against the Rams, 50 plus against the Bengals and then you know they come up with another 48 this past week against the Eagles. This this has the makings again for uh, a you know Drew Brees and Kamara and Thomas lighting up the scoreboard at the Superdome. This Falcons defense is not good. Uh the Saints are that much better. On offense and at home, boy, uh, I'm taking I'm taking the Saints. And they scored they scored 43 points against Atlanta in Atlanta last yeah, time. Yeah, in Atlanta, played. in Atlanta. I mean, uh, six it, of them were from overtime, but yeah, we, we should we shouldn't we shouldn't be ever uh, surprised at the amount of points the Saints score. That's yeah. how good their offense is. Um, any day they could put up 50 plus points. One thing on I wanted team. to say real quick about the Saints is, does it kind of feel like Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers have switched places? Because what I'm trying, what I mean by that is like the last couple of years of Drew Brees, like 2014 to 16, you know, he was putting up numbers, but the Saints kept missing the playoffs and the Packers were always winning the division, making the playoffs. And now it feels like that's reversed. And the Saints have hit on some draft picks, Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, and the Saints have kind of ascended while Green Bay hasn't really hit on their draft picks. And even though Rodgers is great, they've descended. And, you know, they both had similar situations where 
whenever you would go to Lambeau, whenever you would go to the Superdome, you would expect to just get killed. And now it's like Green Bay is just not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's it it's no secret that Rodgers and McCarthy are not happy with each other yeah, either. It's more than that. They haven't hit on any of these draft picks. Yeah. I mean, who, like, again, I mean, who on, this is the difference. Who on the Green Bay Packers scares you? Nobody. I mean, maybe Devontae Adams, who's a very good receiver. scare me. I think he's very a good receiver, solid but, receiver, but, but yeah. But Michael Thomas scares me a whole lot more than Devontae Adams does. Um, Aaron Jones is turning into a nice running back, but he's not Alvin Kamara, and he's not So do you agree with that point, though, how they kind of flopped? Yeah. I, I do, I do. Um, you know, I, I think that the Saints are a a very very well run organization. Um, I think that there's a lot that this, you know we you and I came into this season kind of writing off the Saints, right? I mean, we no, we, we, I thought no, they would make it. I thought they would at least win the wild card. I just like not, Carolina a little think, more. We yeah. didn't think this was going to be the season that they're having right now, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, this and I think that just continues to to speak for the greatness of Drew Brees. This guy is incredible. I mean, clear Hall of Famer, clear, you know, top five quarterback in the history of the NFL. Right? I don't know about that. He's, he's up there. Uh, he's got to be. And at, what, I mean, 38 sure, years 10, old? 38 years old? De- 100% 39. Top, 39. 100% top 10. I, I, would, I would argue top five at well, this point. We could do um, that later. Let's, I want to talk about the Falcon side real quick. Um, it's weird because. I made this point after they lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots and uh, Shanahan went to the 49ers. I thought they should have fired Dan Quinn and everybody and just promoted Shanahan. I know you can't do that for whatever reason, but like their offense, people, you know, these Falcons fans want to say, oh, the offense isn't the issue. They scored 16 points on the road against the Browns. You know, they, how much did they score against Dallas? 19. I don't even know if they scored that. It was, uh, yeah, 22-19. You're right. And if you have this quarterback who's an MVP, you have all these weapons, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, um, Julio Jones, Sanu, Calvin Ridley, like you should be up putting up 30 a game easy. And they did do that for like a couple weeks, but then things kind of slowed down. And they like to complain about how their defense, everybody's injured, but this is the NFL. Everybody has injuries, you know? Yeah. Ricardo Allen isn't the guy who makes or breaks a Super Bowl, you know? <laughs> I mean, even even the games that they scored. I know anybody who listens to this and likes the Falcons is immediately going to say, dude, screw that guy. He has no idea what he's saying. Dude, here, here, I got something for the Falcon fans. Ready? I got something for the Falcon fans in the city of Atlanta. Your team is trash. You, the, the injuries are not the reason why you're losing games. And Atlanta as a sports city. Careful. Is is pathetic. I said it. At me. At Brian Principe on Twitter. I could care less. There you go. You just Move lost on. you just lost one out of thirty two fan bases as a possible good. uh good. I'd rather be in Cleveland. Oh my God. Atlanta's a fine city to go to, but Sports City, oh my God. Well Cleveland has the Cavs title, right? It's not even that they're that they're mediocre. It's just that they're unrealistic. That to oh me is the most that's should, I, should I edit that out? What? Your your little speech. No, keep it in. Keep it in. All right. Keep it in. Like I said, at me on Twitter. I could care less. So, all right. We kind of went through. So we disagreed on the Cowboys and the Lions games and agreed with the Saints. Um, 
but before we go, go ahead. It was your idea. So yeah. So so obviously, you know, Thanksgiving this week. Um, happy Thanksgiving to you, Aria, and hope you feel better for tomorrow because you got to be able to enjoy Thanksgiving meals, of course. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, appreciate that. Any time around the season, I start to think about what have I, what should I be thankful? Because you're always asked, what are you thankful for in life, right? But if you boil it down to the NFL, what am I thankful for? And, and, and I think about it, and there, there's a lot to be thankful for. Not as a Giants fan, but even more recently, I, 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 I there, are, there's some signs of, of, of things heading towards the right direction in that, in that dysfunctional franchise. But for you, I'll start with you. What are you thankful for through? the more than halfway through the season well obviously you know i'm always thankful for the patriots being a contender but that's not fun that's not the fun answer because that's easy that's simple so i had to think of something a little bit more creative and you set me up perfectly (laughs) you know what i'm thankful for what the demise the two-year-long demise of Eli Manning, honestly more than two years i love that he's crumbling that he'll that he's legacy is tarnished he lost his uh streak for whatever consecutive starts with some bullshit streak bullshit record i don't even care uh his career is over his career is over they keep trotting him out so sadly i don't care that he's on this two-game winning streak and the funniest (laughs) thing now is all these fans since alex smith got injured they're like you know we're only three games behind (laughs) we went out we're in i was watching first take the other day and Victor Cruz came on, and he was like, this team is playing like the 2011 Giants did. This, oh this, he was saying that. I'm like, please, Victor. So I'm thankful for Eli Manning's demise, but even more thankful for the Giants fans who are so optimistic that they're going to win <laughs> out. Your team's garbage. Your quarterback's garbage. You're going to suck for years to come. Congrats. You won two Super Bowls against us. We have five total. And... You're not getting close with Eli Manning ever again. So that's my little. You realize that they're they're a sixty plus yard field goal away from like legitimately being in the NFC East race. Great, congrats on your three and seven season. (laughs) How about that for alienating one out of the thirty two (laughs) franchises? Yeah, exactly. You're alienating the biggest city in America. Good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I I was when you started to say what you were saying. Part of me was was really nervous because I had one and it's very similar and I thought you were going to take it from me, but I'm really glad you didn't, even though you just took a big old dump all over the New York Giants and Eli Manning, which, by the way, is a great quarterback, great, great man, great nope. franchise. Not a Hall of Famer, but uh, debatable. But um, my I am thankful for something that is very near and dear to your and my heart in the NFL. John Gruden's absolute implosion in oh Oakland. yeah yeah that's I, I do enjoy that they they got the win which kind of made me angry this past week no but, it's better so he screws up his draft pick but here's the thing him and Derek carr are his franchise player right the guy that they have locked up for way too long the two people they have locked up for entirely too long at odds with each other on the field publicly just oh my god i loved it i loved it because you and i have talked about this john gruden should never have gotten that contract should never have been locked up for 10 years should never even have been considered for the job and look at where we are now 
Yeah, I don't understand. He was away from football for, I think, nine full seasons, and then everybody convinced themselves he was a good coach because he, he won was on the one Monday Super night. Bowl. He won the one Super Bowl because of Tony Dungy's players. Right. And his record after that was mediocre. There's an awful job on Monday Night Football for nine years. I don't, I don't know why people convinced themselves he was good on Monday Night Football, just because he said a bunch of cliches. Do they love the spider, too? I tell you what, man, that, uh, like, what? what is... I, I never understood the appeal of Gruden. You know, like, a lot of people don't like Collinsworth. And I actually, you know, I like Collinsworth because I, I think I learn stuff from him. Like, it's fun to make fun of Collinsworth. It's fun to make fun of, like, a lot of broadcasters. But Gruden was just never never told me anything insightful or anything I didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying Witten does a much better job. Does a but worse at least job. Witten, <laughs> at least he, Witten doesn't talk in cliches and yeah. get annoying and not say anything. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, that, that's that. We could have an entire podcast on the state of of, of, of Oakland. NFL broadcasts, oh. <laughs> or and Oakland too, at Oakland. But yeah. So Gruden, uh, way to go, man! Way to, uh, you know, year one. What a what success. a disaster! What a success! What an absolute disaster! Imagine yeah, being can, a Raiders fan. They can they can win out and make the playoffs. I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Giants, uh, Giants, Raiders, Super Bowl. Don't don't. Uh, don't hold out on that. I have. Should I be mad the Giants are winning? Like, no, I you can win the division, according to Victor Cruz. <laughs> At what point do I start getting angry that they've lost too many games? You mean won too many games? Oh, they've won too many games, right. It's five, yeah, uh, is five wins too many? No, week season? 17, when uh, they don't win out and don't make the Super Bowl, don't you think, make the playoffs. You think, you think Giants-Cowboys at MetLife Stadium uh, for on, the division? On, uh, on New Year's Eve Eve is... Uh, is the, is the defining moment of the Giants 2018 season where they make the playoffs? No, I think you lose to the Eagles this week. <laughs> the Eagles are terrible. But um, so bad. All right, well that's it. Happy Thanksgiving and we'll be back next week after week 12.